So we're doing the series on Galatians. We're doing the series on um, how to be spiritual without being religious, okay? And, uh, and I want to walk you through a couple of things here. Um, we're going to do some surfing stories. We're going to do some scripture reading. And we probably should watch a video. And uh, what do you want to start? Let's start with the video, all right? Uh, now, okay, I'm going to talk about surfing. I've been talking about surfing a lot lately, it seems. It must be summer. <laughs> surfing on the brain. Surfing and Galatians on the brain. Um, apologies to everyone in California or Samoa or wherever you surf from, because this is like inland surfing. This is wake surfing, so we, we realize we're not legit, but it has a purpose. So let's do the video first. The, uh, I took these guys wake surfing a while back, so... That was edited to make you guys look good because it was a lot <laughs> uglier than that. But, all right, we'll go with that for now. Um, so a lot of so Paul writes this letter, and here's the quick history in case you missed it. Paul goes, he travels to a region called Galatia. It was a province of the Roman Empire, and uh, today that region is in central Turkey. We actually took you there, showed you pictures, that whole thing. It actually exists, and it's a region. And Paul went to that region to share what he called the gospel. One, two, three, the gospel. It simply means good news. And we could do a whole message on that, but we'll have to come back to it. After Paul left, he went to several places. As you remember the story, in one particular town, right, Pisidian Antioch, he went and he started telling this story of the good news. It was about Jesus Christ. And after he left, people came in after him from Jerusalem, and the people from Jerusalem said, well, what Paul told you is not good enough. In other words, you, what Paul told you was about freedom and about Christ, but you need to still follow some of the old religious rules. You need to follow some of the rules. One of the key issues was the particular rule of circumcision. And so, because of this, um, Paul writes a letter and that's what made, your, made its way into your Bible, what we call the book of Galatians. It's a letter that Paul wrote to, get, to talk to the Galatians to say, no, 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 these guys are not right. And Paul has a, a frustrated, maybe better, angry tone to his letter. He said, you're getting it all wrong. Christ came to give you freedom. You don't need to go back into this old system this religious system of rules. And so what we've been contrasting is a religious system that's led by rules and regulations versus, versus 
a relationship system, which isn't a system at all, it's just a relationship. And Paul uses contrasting words in this letter. Law, spirit. Law, spirit. And he keeps saying, you who are spirit-led, you who are spiritual, you who follow the spirit. And he's saying that what happens is we need to move from law to spirit. All right? Now, when Paul does this, you need to understand something. These people that came behind him, they called them Judaizers. One, two, three, Judaizers. In other words, they were from Jerusalem, and their, their religion was what? Jewish, Judaism, right? And so they were saying, no, you've got to do this rule and this rule and this rule. And so today, here's why I'm doing this letter this summer. Here's why I'm doing the whole series. Today, we have almost the exact same scenario playing out again. Only they're not Judaizers, they're Christianizers. They're Jesusizers. They come after someone shares the good news. I, I can literally tell you, I saw a lady the other day, true story. Came to this church, found Christ at this church, learned so much, grew in her faith, and then she went to a Bible college. Do you know what happened when she went to Bible college? She left this church. Why? Because, oh, Chris didn't teach all the rules. I go to school to learn all of the what? Rules. She got what? Hooked. That's okay. I see her. I clap for her. And, you know, that's where she's at. Paul writes this letter. goes, oh, no, no, no. That's not the system. Now, stay with me. This is a completely different system. It's just based in faith and trust. This one's based in rules and have you followed them all and have you done all the right things? And so Paul is trying to get them back to the system of spirit and freedom. Spirit and freedom. Now, for those of you that have your hand up ready, objecting, going, yeah, but, yeah, but, save that hand for a minute. All right, I'm going to talk to you because I know you're nervous. But before we do, here's the thing you need to understand. In our generation, our generation, here's what basically happens. Kids that grow up in church, many of you did. How many of you did do a survey? How many of you grew up in some kind of church? Religion? Put your hand up because I really want to know. Look at that. Like almost everybody. Not everybody, but almost everybody. Can I say something that you may disagree with, but I think I'm right? Most of you, most of you grew up under a rules-based system with a transactional God. If you do this, then God will do that. If you don't do this, then God's going to punish you this way. Most of you grew up under this. Paul starts his letter and he goes, you Galatians, you were running a good race. Who cut in on you? You're following a gospel, which is not really a gospel at all. It's only gospel in name. This is where it gets tricky. Ready? People came behind Paul, and they knew all kinds of verses and this and that. And so they tricked these people into thinking that's what God wanted. God wanted them to follow all these rules, as if God is somewhere on some throne, just beaming with a smile over all the rules that they followed. It always, doesn't always get to the level of ridiculous, 
I was doing a funeral this week, and a guy was telling me about a, a Christian college that he went to. And he said, you know, they had, he said it was, there were so many rules, it was outrageous. And one of the rules of the Christian college was you had to wear a belt when you went to dinner. You had to wear a belt. And, and if you didn't wear a belt, um, you couldn't come to dinner. But, but, if you had, remember these little tab things that you could pull in the back here like this? If you had those, that would substitute for a belt. Wait a minute. Does anybody think that God is up in heaven going, oh, now that makes me happy because you can cinch it. Because you can. Has anybody ever met the ridiculousness of the rules-based system? So he's trying to get them to switch systems. But this is what you need to know. We have brought up, listen, listen. We have brought up an entire generation or two with the rule system. And that's why people leave the church at their first opportunity. I know what I'm talking about. The data verifies it. Their first opportunity. First opportunity is when I get my driver's license, when I go to college, after I finish my first communion, after I check whatever box, and then they leave. Why? Because all we taught them was the rules-based system. We did not teach them the spiritual life. So they looked at it and thought, well, here's my options. I can suffer under that system, right? Or I can, what? Abandon it altogether. What if we gave them a third option? What if we taught them that what it's really about is becoming spiritual or spirit-led or spirit-driven, spirit-guided? Do the rules play a part? They do. Paul talked about them like training wheels, like a little... um, Paul referred to him as as like a guardian or a nanny, right? And and in that day, they would have a guardian or a nanny that would take the kids around, get them to school, take them home. And you use the guardian or the nanny, which he said the law is like a nanny. Ready? It's okay. Does something for a while, for a season. And then you grow up, you get past it, and you what? Thank them for their service, and you move on to adulthood. Why? has a whole generation left the church because we're telling them they still need a nanny. They're 30 years old and we got the law hovering around them. Instead of maturing them and saying, no, you don't need this anymore. You can follow here. I know some of you are nervous. No, 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 Chris. Hang on. Hang on. So here is what Paul was teaching them. You, you have another option, and the option is you can be led by the Spirit. Now, people that stay under the law have a couple of things that they do. One, as I said, people just leave. They've never been told the third option, they, so they just choose atheism or agnosticism or I'll take my chances or I'll go with my mom on Easter when she begs me. In other words, I, I just I don't get that whole thing. It doesn't, it doesn't do it for me. The other thing that people do under the law or the rules-based system is they pretend and they act pious. Huh? That's some of you. You, you, you want to pretend that you keep all the rules and you follow them and you're pious. And then the thing that goes with that is that you're judgmental. 
Like, no one else is quite as good, and you don't, they don't keep the rules the way that you do, and all that. And so then the, the, the other thing that happens with people is they, they, they're sincere, and they struggle under the rules. But they always are struggling. They're always feeling bad, and this is some of you. Some of you, you always feel bad when it comes to God, church, faith, or anything. How terrible is that? You always feel bad. You always feel like you're not doing enough. You always feel like you haven't prayed enough or given enough or done it right enough. As if God is up there with this whole thing and you always feel bad. That's horrible. God doesn't want you to feel bad. Everybody smile. Huh? How many of you here screwed up a few things? Just get it out. Free confession for everybody. All right? I got mine up. Okay. He knows you're human. So what they do is then if they don't have this option that, has, that Paul clearly teaches us, they give up. They struggle, they struggle, they struggle. They want to please God. They want to please mom and dad. And eventually they just give up. I just can't do it. Let me take you through a couple of verses. Um, now, my apologies because I'm throwing all kinds of stuff to these people at the booth. So give grace, but we're going we're gonna to rifle through some because I think they're important. Um, Galatians 3, all right? Let's start at verse 25. Can you help me there? All right? Uh, now that this faith, this system has come, we are no longer under a, what is it? Guardian, the law, the system, the nanny. Everybody say goodbye to the nanny. Huh? Paul goes, it's like a guardian. You know the other thing? I wanted to hand out money for anyone that's ever heard these verses I'm going to teach on today. Because I bet you, you haven't. I mean, before I started pastoring a church, I went to church for years and years and years, and no one taught this. Why? Why would no one teach this? Ready? Because you don't need me. The bottom line of this whole thing is you don't need me. Why would I want to teach you that you don't need me? That's bad for business. I want to teach you that you need me. Okay. (laughs) Watch this. Verse 24. All right, we're going to back up a verse. So the law was our guardian until what? Christ came. So it was good. It played a role. It had a part. It did something. But then its time ended. Remember I told you to forget the old surfing story? I have a better one. I have a much better surfing story. Okay. This is my surfboard, right? Now, apologies to, you know, California. All right, guys. All right, out there. San Diego, San Francisco. I know. All right. Now, what we surf in Michigan is you, you, you get behind the boat. And you weigh the boat down, and you get as much, much weight in that boat as you can so that the boat's throwing a wave or a wake, all right? And then what you do is you get up, you hold on to the rope, it's got all these knots in here, and you get on the board, and you, you say, hit it, you know, and they hit and they get up, right? And, and what you do is you put your heels back, and you hold on to the rope, and as you saw the Katinas in the video, doing so stellarly. I'm like, bro, did you ever, did you ever, you guys like lived on an island, American Samoa. Did you guys ever go to the water? Did you, did you notice you were surrounded by water? 
Huh? Huh? Sam had three life jackets on. Sam had three. Like, oh, God. No, it's true. He did. It's like, can I put one around my leg, too? It's like, so you get up with the rope. You get up with the rope. And that, to a lot of people, that's surfing. But that's not surfing. That's having a boat pull you on a surfboard. It's kind of a cousin to surfing. But it just, it hurts. The legs burn. Arms burn. You can only do so much with the rope. And people surf like that. There's people on our lake that surf that way. I wouldn't point them out, but... It's not surfing. It's getting pulled by a boat with a rope on a surfboard, but it's not surfing. It's the first part of the sport, but it's not the real sport. It's the first part of the sport. It's not the real sport. Once you get comfortable... Oh, you got to come over. I'll take you. Once you get comfortable... It's going to take a while, though. But once you get comfortable... You take the rope and you throw it in the boat. Now you're disconnected from the boat and the wave is pushing you. You throw in the rope. And once you throw in the rope, you can do whatever you want. You can slash, you can carve, you can grind, you can 360, you can throw an air, you can throw an ollie, but you can't do it with the rope. You know what we've been teaching Christianity for hundreds of years? Just hold on to the rope. (laughs) This is how most people have been following Jesus for like decades. And all we scream to them is, hold on to the rope, hold on to the rope, hold on. Now look, that works, that has a season, that has a place, it has a time. See, some of you, here's the funny thing. Some of you are like, oh, Chris, he's not teaching the scripture. I'm reading it. I'm reading it. Do you want me to read some more? I'll read some more. All right. Watch this. No, no, don't clap. You don't want me to keep going. Here you go. Galatians 4.21. Do we have that one? Galatians 4.21. This is all in Paul's letter. Um, He says this. Tell me. (laughs) This is so good. This is so good. I, this is what I say to people. Tell me, you who want to be under the law, you who want to be under the law, because there are people that are saying, nope, you got to follow the rules, you got to follow the law. I literally had a pastor one time, I was in a meeting, I think maybe I told you this, I was in a meeting and the pastor went like this, so arrogant, unreal. He literally held the Bible over his head and he goes, my opinion doesn't matter, only thing that matters is the word of God. I'm under it, I follow it, that's it. To which I wanted to go, well, I don't know what to say what I wanted to say. Bologna sandwich. Bologna sandwich, you follow this. Put that, can you put that verse back up there? Watch this. So Paul's talking to these kind of people. He goes, tell me, you who want to be under the law, do you even know what's in there? <laughs> A.K.A. not really. No. You don't know what's in there. You don't follow it. You follow what you want to follow. Now watch. So Paul rips off this. He uses this story from the scriptures. 
Now, you know how I'm using surfing, and I'm always trying to use a metaphor to get something home. So Paul was using a metaphor that a lot of them would have known really well. We kind of are in a, we're come, becoming a biblically illiterate society. We just are. People know less and less of the Bible stories. Just true. I'm not trying to be critical. I'm just saying. We know less and less of the Bible stories. But Paul would run into this story about Abraham and his two sons. And everybody would lock in right away and go, oh, Isaac and Ishmael, right? Hera and, uh, Sarah and Hagar. And they would know the story right away. I might have to bring a few of you along. Abraham gets old and advanced in years, doesn't have a family, but God promised him he would be a father of many nations. In fact, he changed his name to Mac Daddy or father of many, right? And he didn't have any kids. So he'd go to like get groceries and stuff. And Mac Daddy, you're the Mac Daddy. Well, I don't have any kids yet, but anyway, I'm... I'm He's turning late in his years, and he gets really old, still doesn't have a kid, and so he says, ah, uh, this isn't going to work out what God told me. His wife, Sarah, they sort of come to the side, and they said, maybe if you took the servant, the family servant, and you and her, then we could just have a kid that way. And that's what happened. And Abraham finally had his firstborn son, Ishmael. His firstborn son was with the maid, Hagar. It's all in Galatians. I am reading Galatians. I'm helping you. But later on, he has what? A miraculous son, a son of promise with Sarah. Sarah's old, just like Abraham, and they have this miraculous son, and his name is Isaac. But guess what happened in the house? The two kids were sharing a bedroom. And the one, Ishmael, the older one, started picking on the younger one. Or as it says in Galatians, persecuting him. Do one of your children ever persecute the other in your house? And so what happened in that? Think about, think about that house. Think about Abraham's household. The two kids in the back bedroom, and you got the one son, the older one, with the maid, and you got the... You should read the Bible. I mean, it's juicy. <laughs> right? You, and then you got the younger son, which is the promised son and all that. But the mom of the younger son is the mom of the house. So when her son gets picked on by the other son, what happens? She comes down the hallway. She tells Abraham, come here. This ain't going to happen in my house. Abraham's like, ah. Dilemma, dilemma, right? No, it's right. It's all in Galatians. You should read the Bible. And so he takes the son and the mom, and he what? Throws them out of the house. You're out. And Paul loves the story so much, he goes, that's what you got to do. The two sons represent the two systems. The slave system, the rule system, you just throw them out of the house. Kind of a weird story. But everyone knew it. He's like, they don't exist together. Take the old system and what? Throw it out. You know what he also goes on to say in Galatians? He said, that son is symbolic, representative of a covenant a deal that God made. And he corresponds it to Mount 
Sinai. Mount Sinai. Anybody know what happened to Mount Sinai? That's where we got the, the rules. That's where we got the Ten Commandments. Paul said, he goes, and that corresponds to present day, which would have been 2,000 years ago, present day Jerusalem. Those are the guys with all the rules. Those are the guys carrying around the Ten Commandments that they got on Mount Sinai. Those are the guys that are beating people up with the Bibles. And he goes, throw the whole thing, what? You've never heard this taught in your life, I guarantee you. Why? Why? Why, is, why are people nervous? Because you, oh, you, can't, you can't throw out the rule book. You've got to keep it. No, listen. It's okay. It's okay. The rope's okay. I still have a rope. The rope helps you get up. The rope helps you get behind the boat. The rope helps you get comfortable. The rope helps you learn. Rules, religion, it's all good. It has a place. It has a time. It helps you get up. It helps you learn. But there comes a time, brothers and sisters, there comes a time where you get to be free. You follow the spirit. You get the flow. Surfing isn't mechanical. It's a vibe. You got to grow your hair out. You got to hang loose. You got to chill. You know what I mean? You just got to, hey, what's the rule? Do I hold? Do I bend my knees? Are my knees right? No, dude, it don't matter. Just, just go. Just flow. What's God saying? Get the spirit here. Just go. You know. You know. Go. How many have ever been whacked hard with the Bible verse before? I mean, like took a cut on a brow or something. This is really important. Ready? I'm out of time. Okay, watch. Paul writes in this letter three different times, you're not under the law. You have the Spirit. Ready? It's time to throw in the rope. It's time. It's time to be free. I told you, this is what I... Paul ends his letter, and, and, and we'll just go into this next week. So let me just set it up. For those that are nervous... So he ends the letter with some of you that are nervous right now. You're like, Chris, I knew it. I knew he wasn't. I knew he just, I knew it. I got to get back to my old church where they just pound you with the Bible. Listen, listen. He goes, don't worry. You're going to reap what you sow. He goes, don't use this freedom to indulge in this sinful nature. Don't use it to hurt others. Use it not for your own self-indulgence. Use the freedom to serve others. There is nothing better than when a person gets full of God, free, full of love, and they're just focused on serving others. You know what happens when you throw in the rope? That's when the fun begins. That's when the surfing starts. That's when the game changer happens. We have to teach this next generation how to throw in the rope. There's two reasons people don't throw in the rope. One, they're not ready for it yet. The minute they throw it, they're just going to fall. There's people that aren't ready for this message. I just have to give it at some point. Some of you aren't ready for it. You're going to be mad. You're going to email me. I understand. Just hold on to the rope. Don't email me. Just hold on to the rope. Use, the, use all the systems. Just, are you with me? Are you with me? All right. So, all right. But some of you have been waiting like all your life for this message. You're like, thank God someone finally said this. That's what I always thought down here. 
Ready? The other reason people don't throw on the rope, they're good enough, they're ready, they're scared. Literally. My buddy Danny, he did this for years. He was good enough. He could catch the wave. The wave was pushing him, but it was a security blanket. Just like to have it there. Some people with your religion, I get it. It's just, it's a security blanket. So here's what I always tell people when they're learning. Just set the rope in the water and you can always grab it if you need it. Huh? Just put your little thing right here and say, I can get it anytime I need it. All right, the guys are going to come. We're going to do communion. And uh, here's, how I'd like to, here's how I'd like to do this. The whole good news is about Christ. That's the good news. And Jesus, read his teachings. He goes, you've heard it said, but I say. Right? The old system, the what? New system. The rope, the surfing. He goes, you've heard it said, but I say. Jesus was always pulling us forward to freedom, to beauty, to service, um, to selflessness, but not under a system of autocratic rulership or God with an angry whip, but out of love, born from the heart that's just following spontaneously what he's leading you to do. It's so freeing, so liberating.